Hey mamas, I'm Alyssa, registered dietitian, picky eating specialist, and mama of two. You're listening to the Nutrition for Littles podcast, aimed at helping you raise healthy, independent eaters. Each week, we will tackle topics like picky eating, mealtime struggles, baby led weaning, and so much more. Let's jump right into today's topic. Hey, 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 and welcome back to the Nutrition for Littles podcast. I'm so grateful that you are here, especially for this episode. I feel like it's a really good one, and I don't want you to tune out. If you've been dealing with picky eating for a while, you've been following my content, you might think that this is a little too basic for you, but I want you to push through because this is actually so, so important. And I like to talk about it kind of in this, in this concept of like building a house. If you don't get the foundation right, if you don't get kind of what we maybe consider as too simple or too obvious, right, everything else will crumble. So if we're trying to build a house on top of a crappy foundation, it's simply just not going to work. It's not going to be a good environment. It's not going to be safe because today we're actually going to talk about kind of the first three steps to start with what I recommend you start with, with a picky eater and not only what they are and how to do them, but also uh, talk about why, why these are so important. They're so important. In fact, if you are a table talker, if you're inside my course, you know that these are what I call the basic structures. Sounds super boring, but again, we're going back to that foundation idea. The structure is so important. There's actually six basic structures that I teach inside my picky eating course. We're going to talk about three of them and these three you might have seen on my social media before, you might have heard before, you might have kind of understood the concept before, or maybe not, maybe this is brand new to you, but they're so important to get right. They're so important to get started with because I think so many parents overlook this or try to skip ahead to kind of like the flashy fun strategies and methods. And again, when you skip this step, it truly is just going to set you up for failure and it's going to feel like nothing's working. So if you're feeling that way, this episode is for you. Okay. So let's go ahead and dive in. So a lot of times, if you're brand new to this picky eating world, if you're like, my baby ate everything and anything, I could put anything in front of them and they would eat it, no problem. Now all of a sudden, slowly but surely, they're eating less and less foods. They're getting more upset at different foods that you put in front of them. They're getting frustrated. They're not eating. You're starting to worry, like some spiraling is starting to happen. You might be kind of brand new to the picky eating scene. But even if you've been around for a while, it is so important to control our emotions at the table. So number one is to not emotionally react to pickiness, okay? So when our toddler says no, when our child says no, when they throw food across the floor, when they yell yucky at us, when they just ignore it, like just like a quiet quit, right? Like no way, I'm not eating that. When they are just like a straight up no, they're not eating the food we want them to eat. It is so easy for us to become emotional. For some of us that might be like going right into the guilt of Hey, I cooked this dinner for you. I make dinner every night for our family. It's so stressful. It's so hard. The least you can do is eat it or be kind or say the right thing or whatever, right? We go into like guilt. We go into maybe panic mode of, no, 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 you have to eat. You have to finish your plate. Stay at the table until you're done with your food. You can't go up to bed or you can't go, well, maybe that would be a positive for most kids, but you can't go play with your toys. We can't go to bath until you finish your food. And we go to panic because we're watching them not eat. And we know that they're hungry. We know that they need food. We know that if they don't eat now, it's going to be breakfast before the next time they get an opportunity to eat. And we don't want to be woken up in the middle of the night with a hungry kid because they chose not to eat dinner, right? And we're like stressed out on like a basic level, but we're also maybe even stressed out on a longer level of like, man, it's been a while since they've eaten something green. It's been a while since they've eaten some protein. All they're eating is bread. All I can get them to do is drink milk. What's going on here? Why is yogurt their favorite food? <laughs> like They won't touch anything else. And we start to panic, right? So then that panic overflows our heart and comes out our mouth and says, each your dang 
food. Like you have to finish your plate. It's no more messing around. Take a bite, take three more bites, do whatever you have to do, eat that food. Right. And so uh, it might come out emotionally like that. It might come out emotionally like crying or feeling really sad or scared for your kid, um, telling them that you're scared for them, telling them that you're sad for them. It might come out as anger. It might come out as frustration. It might come out as, um, you know, just bitterness, this little sass maybe in there or something like that. Right. So it's really easy to emotionally react to our kids picky eating. Um, it's also really easy for us to emotionally react when they do eat, when they finally have that bite of broccoli, when they finally have, you know, a brand new sauce or they eat something green or they haven't eaten fruit in a year. And now all of a sudden they're eating raspberries. It's really easy for us to want to jump up on that table and jump up and down. Right. And I would encourage you that even though this seems like the right route to go, like you're getting excited, you're cheering them on, you're praising them actually too much praise can become a form of pressure. And I know that's very confusing for a lot of parents, but I want you to put yourself in your kid's position. Your kid is so interested in pleasing you. And sometimes that means doing something they're uncomfortable with or doing something that they don't feel confident in or doing something that they don't want to do just to see that smile on your face. And while I don't think it's always bad for our kids to do something uncomfortable, absolutely not, within the realms and the scope of picky eating, this can actually cause more problems than it will solve. And so it might in the moment look like a good thing, like, oh yeah, if I just praise them enough, if I just tell them how great they are for eating their broccoli, then it's all going to be okay. But I want you to fast forward to what that's going to look like in 20 years, in 30 years, in 40 years. What are some of the struggles around food that you deal with? Likely, if you're like most people in the age range that listen to this podcast, you struggle with the morality of food, of feeling good if you eat broccoli and bad if you eat pizza, of feeling good if you don't eat the cake and bad if you do eat the cake. You probably beat yourself up for what you ate the night before every single morning, or maybe that was part of your history. Maybe you've healed from that, which is amazing. And maybe you're still struggling through that. I want to encourage you that how we talk to our kids about food now, how we respond to what they do eat, what they don't eat, how much they eat, how little they eat, all those sorts of things really does matter and become their inner voice for later around food. And I don't want to make this feel like too much pressure for you. Ultimately, raising a kid is a lot of pressure. And I'm not here to fear monger you or to, you know, pile on the pressure and the guilt and the worry and the, you know, stress. I'm trying to make this easier for you. Because what this means is that your reaction can be emotionless, right? Like you don't have to be jumping on the table. You don't have to be scouring and yelling at them um, to eat their food. You can talk about something else. You cannot talk about the food. In fact, that is one of my biggest recommendations. If you don't know what to say, say nothing, right? Like don't even talk about the food, talk about something else. And you can come to my Instagram. My DMs are always open for you to come and celebrate in the DM saying, oh my gosh, he ate a green bean. It's been years since he said something green. I'm so excited, right? Like my DMs are always open for wild celebrations and I will celebrate with you. We will do some dancing emojis. We will pop that fake little emoji champagne together and I will celebrate with you. The place to do that is not at the table. Okay. So number one is to not emotionally respond to your child, whether they do or don't eat foods. And that is a basic structure that is super important. Number two is to create an eating rhythm. Now I used to call this a schedule and then I kind of went to routine and now I'm kind of settling on rhythm. I think rhythm is the best way to open it up to everybody. Now, if you are a super structured, rigid person who's like, 
uh, that came off wrong, not rigid person, but you like a rigid routine, then that's fine too. You absolutely can say, okay, at, at 1.10 every single day, we're going to sit down and have lunch. That's totally fine if that works for you. If you look up at the clock and you like to live by the clock, um, that is totally fine. But there's also a lot of us who are more like routine based, like, well, after nap time, we're going to have snack time or after outdoor time, we're going to come in and have lunch or whatever it might be, a little more routine. Uh, rhythm is really nice because you kind of think of it as the beating of a drum right throughout your day. There are moments during your day that are going to be rhythmic every day. You do the same things. I don't like to say that I like routines, but when I look at my life objectively, I do like routines. And most people are routine based. Even if you don't realize you have a routine, likely if you zoom out, you're like, oh no, I actually do totally have a routine or a rhythm that I stick to. And kids like this too for eating. It is super important to have a rhythm in place for them for when food will be available, when food won't be available, when you'll have lunchtime, when you'll sit together as a family, when, you know, it's just them and their siblings eating, when it's, you know, we go out to eat or we go, you know, to this restaurant or we eat outside or picnic or when we, you know, eat on the way to something or whatever it might be. It is so helpful for kids to have a rhythm. And what ends up happening with picky eaters is when they don't have a rhythm in place, they're either grazing all day, which never really builds hunger, which we do need a little bit of hunger, not too much, but just the right amount of hunger to get them interested in food. We want that biological drive to eat present and ready and available to us. So we want them to build hunger. If they're grazing all day, they absolutely have no reason to try something new. They have no reason to eat their dinner because they have food available all the time. They've been snacking on goldfish all day and we've all seen this happen, right? So it's really important to build that hunger. On the flip side, if our kids don't know when the next meal is coming, it can actually create a fight or flight response in them, a fear, right? That is one of our basic needs to be fed. And as a parent, we might know like, well, we have dance class and we have to run here and we have to run there. And so, you know, we're just going to skip snack time or we're just going to skip lunch or whatever. We'll make up for it later. Like we might know that cognitively our kids are not able to keep up with schedules. They don't understand now and later typically very well um, until a little bit older age. And so even if we express it to them, which I absolutely recommend doing, even if we like express it to them, it's very hard for them to understand that they'll have more opportunities to eat. And sometimes that can lead to scarcity, which in some kids will lead to way overeating on carbohydrates because our body is designed, literally designed on a genetic level to do that. When we know a famine is coming, if we know, you know, something like winter is coming, we're going to crave higher starchy carbohydrate foods, right? That is very natural in our human instinct. Now, at the same time, some kids might fight or fight or flight and they'll freeze and they'll say, well, I'm not going to eat anything because I'm so scared because I'm so triggered because I'm not hungry. And that's kind of like if you have like public speaking is one of the biggest ones that people are afraid of is public speaking. So if you have a speech that you're delivering, you might find yourself right before that speech, like not hungry. That's not because you don't need energy. <laughs> you actually do need energy to do that speech, to do it well. Your brain needs energy, but your body is in free state, right? And so it's not actually going to feel hunger. And this is again, why it's so important to create a rhythm with your child. So they're not stuck in fight or flight or even freeze. Now, number three is a big one as well that a lot of parents seem to struggle with. And this is why we really go deep on it inside my pick eating course. And this is the idea of offering a safe food. So safe means reliably eaten in the past. It does not mean favorite. It does not mean, you know, candy or something like that. It means that it's reliably eaten in the past. It's a food that our child is willing to eat and has eaten before. A lot of parents will ask, well, can I wait on the safe food and just offer it if they don't eat their meal? Can I, I don't like the idea of having a safe food all the time because then all they do is eat their safe food. Um, and it kind of gets a little confused. And I think part of that is Instagram, like 
if you're following me on Instagram or anyone on Instagram, you really only have like 30 seconds of time of like watching a reel or reading a caption or whatever. It's so short and it really is a very dynamic, complex um, solution or strategy to implement, which is why there's an entire module inside my course about it, because it is so, so important for getting our children to feel, again, safe and regulated at the table. So giving them this safe food alongside foods you want them to eat can actually uh, really encourage eating new foods. And I know that might sound confusing. So I might maybe try to like put it in the context of something else for us. So hypothetically, if we were cleaning our house and we knew we had to clean the bathroom, but we hate cleaning the bathroom. It's like our least favorite activity to clean the bathroom, but we were cleaning our, our whole house. And we actually, let's say for some weird reason, you love doing laundry. You love like the warmth and the smell of the laundry and you like have, you're like, okay, I'm going to get started with my favorite thing. I'm going to get started on laundry. And then once we start, it's easy to keep going, right? Well, now that I have the laundry done, I'm going to go ahead and put it away. Well, once I've put it away now, you know what? My bed needs to be made. I'm going to make my bed. And since I'm near my bed, I'm right by my bathroom. I might as well just go clean the bathroom. And then after I'm done with the bathroom, I can go pull more clothes out of the dryer, right? So we can kind of start to see how doing things in combination, having something you love mixed in with something maybe you don't love so much can help us just get a little bit started and a little bit motivated. Now, this is not a perfect analogy. So I know that there are many holes with this, especially with picky eating, but the idea stands that having a new food alongside a favorite food does help kind of take the edge off, if you will. So I really encourage you guys to start with uh, having some sort of safe food available at meals and snacks. And this is super important. Now, there is a way to go about it. There are things to avoid. There are things to make sure that you have in place when you're offering this safe food to avoid the problem of having your child only eat the safe food and never eat anything else. So there's an entire process behind it. It's not just as simple as throwing down a roll every time that they're eating and all of a sudden they're going to start eating broccoli. There is a method to the madness, as I like to say, which again is broken down completely in depth inside my course. But essentially the idea still stands, the overhead umbrella idea of offering them a safe food alongside a new food, even if as parents we can't really see why that would work. Trust me on this, it does work. And there is a way to make it work for you and for your child, which really is effective. So, okay, real quick recap here. We've got three things to get started with, with picky eating. And we went over why and how this helps our little ones and why it's so important, right? So number one is not emotionally reacting to food, whether they do or don't eat it. Number two was to uh, have a meal and snack rhythm in place. And number three is to offer a safe food alongside a new food to get your child to be more open to eating new foods. Now, this is something I kind of touch on inside my free training. So if you haven't taken my free training yet, you can, I'm going to leave the link down in the description box below. You can also DM me the word reverse on Instagram and I'll send it over to you right in your DM. So you don't have to leave there and you can have all the information right then and there, because I think it's so, so effective to know that this is 100% the the best place to start, but then there's more to it, right? And and some of you might be listening to this like, oh, I already do all that. Like maybe there's some tweaking I can do. Maybe I can kind of clean this up over here or be more clear over here or whatever it might be. But ultimately there's more steps to take. And again, when we go back to these basic foundations are like the foundation of a home, that if we start doing these shiny, fancy strategies that we might learn here on the podcast or on Instagram or wherever it might be, even inside my course, if you're a table talker, if you jump straight to the strategies, but your foundation is wrecked, it will not matter, right? So if you're letting your kid graze all day on whatever snacks that are available, it's not going to help picky eating to have a grazing child all day. And then you like start stacking other strategies on top of it. 
it's just going to lead us in more misery and it's going to make us feel more, more like nothing is working. Like we want to throw in the towel because those basic structures aren't in place. So I wanted to cover these three today. Hopefully they were really helpful for you. Hopefully they've brought a little bit more clarity and just kind of shown you little areas of ways that you can improve the experience for your picky eater and for you at the table. And also really just clean up your, like, I think it's so helpful to be able to come to the table with strategies in place, but also with a reflection of here's where I want to go. Here's what's important to me. Here's the situation at hand and here's how I can help my little one. So hopefully this episode has done that for you. Like I said, if you haven't checked out my free class yet, I would highly recommend grabbing that. It's down in the description box below. You can sign up there or you can DM me the word reverse on Instagram and I'll send it right to your DMs. All right. Thanks so much for tuning in. I hope this episode was helpful for you. Of course, I would love it if you shared it or if you left a written review. Um, It always means the world to me and I will see you next week. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope you're walking away with some tangible ways to bring peace to your mealtimes. And if you like this episode, please subscribe and tell all your mom friends. And as always, the best compliment you can give me is leaving a rating and written review, which also helps other mamas like you find this podcast too. You can find more from me on Instagram at Nutrition for Littles. Do you have a question you'd like me to answer on the podcast? Email me at alyssa at nutritionforlittles.com. All right, until next time, mamas.